Welcome to Out of the Blank. Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast, and I'm here with Libservative, a podcast within a podcast about the... What are you drinking now? That's a big mug, Corey. <laughs> it's, it's a mimosa. That's a, that's not a mimosa. That's it gotta, It's got to have... A so, Starbucks has venties. That's got to be like a venti something. Oh, it wasn't the size. It was, oh, no. no they're mimosa <laughs> or beer mosa, actually. It's beer and uh, orange juice. It's a lot of... How much orange juice per volume compared to alcohol? Well, I figured we'd be in here for a little bit, so I filled it up all the way with orange juice. And then as I'm sipping the orange juice, I'm adding beer. We're going to see the timer pop up until it's 40 minutes um, when we get to that mark. We're just going to end it and then come right back and keep it going, and I'll edit it out. Um, but, Dan, welcome. Usually I talk to people separately before they come on the show, but I think I've watched enough Libservative to really understand you both so much. Happy to be here, Robbie. Thank you for having both of us. And that, By the way, that giant mimosa glass makes Corey's hands look incredibly small. Well, I got bigly hands. The, the <laughs> best part about you being on the show, Dan, is that now Corey can say Dan and you're actually here rather than mistaking uh, me for him. Uh, I, I told him <laughs> about that. <laughs> I called Robbie Dan like six times the last episode I was on with him. But it's because he's a good looking guy. Oh, thank you. Young Tom Holland. Uh, hey, he looks Holland. like a Tom Holland, doesn't he? Um, but all right. So we're going to get right to the meat and potatoes. Libservative, guys, what's on what's on the topic? What's on the menu? Because I'm always thinking Epstein and private islands, but apparently I can't buy my own because I don't have enough money and enough clout. <laughs> I think the, <laughs> the number one thing now has got to be the uh, the snowball effect of uh, what's going on with uh, Mr. Joe Rogan. That's got to be our number one. Uh, that's the thing that Corey and I have been texting back and forth about for the last week. <laughs> yeah, it's insane how... Uh... How much of there's a concerted effort to try to cancel him. He's almost like the mainstream's new uh, uh, scarecrow, like with Donald Trump. Remember when Donald Trump, it got him all their ratings because that's who all they talked about and vilified for four years and got a bunch of money. And now he's out of the picture. In comes, step, uh, in comes Joe Rogan. He's an easy target. Are you thinking of a jealousy aspect of the fact that now you're probably going to get more attention on your guys' shows if the biggest one gets taken down? Oh, with all the other shows? You know, I thought about that. I said, could you imagine the power vacuum that would happen if Joe Rogan was completely gone of how many of these other... Uh, it's like the P. Diddy thing, that, or not P. Diddy, but like Tupac and Biggie. When them two got killed, look how many other rappers came up because well, there was a power vacuum. They were looking for anything to be able to pin on him. See, the thing is, I've watched him since the beginning. I've watched him, followed mm -hmm. him for years since he first started the show when he was doing it on a laptop. And then I knew all about everything he's ever said when it came to the same story of what they put a compilation of the word he used over and over and over again. It's the same exact story, just told in different ways. Um, so I, I, I knew about this, but I honestly thought people were going to not take it. I guess I probably shouldn't have thought so highly that people wouldn't take it out of context, but they did. The way they did, yeah. Doesn't look good at all. I mean, I watched it. It was kind of like I'm a fan of his, but I don't know if I would put out a social media tweet saying I stand with you. That's a little bit weird. Yeah, I don't think you need to uh, condone his use of that word. In fact, uh, 
didn't he already put out a video kind of explaining it and saying that basically, you know, if he had it all to do over again, you know, he wouldn't do it. Um, but I, I don't even really think it has that much to do with racism necessarily because, or at least the way it's being portrayed uh, in the mainstream media, it's it's really just about bringing down Joe because they just don't like Joe because he's so much more popular than they are. And the reason you know it's not about racism is because at the beginning it was all about you know COVID misinformation, and then when that ploy didn't work, well, first it was the ivermectin. Yeah, the COVID why do you got to say the word? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> the, the I, word. I word. Yeah, Can't say it. Can't say it. <laughs> I don't like that. that, that that's my fear right now. Is that I, I'm starting to, and I'm I'm having a, a so going to have a Joe Rogan guest who like deals in with a lot of highly controversial stuff. But this is a topic in my own little conspiracy because he's kind of debunks them. I want to talk about this one in specific, which is one I've started to notice is that I'm starting to fear that these giant corporations, these social media platforms, and Joe's talked about it multiple times, is that they can be kind of new amendments can be written for them, that they're possibly utilities for the amount of kind of they're being used as not really a luxury, but more of like a requirement in a sense. I see them all forming into one giant company. Um, in a sense, I don't, I don't know if there's a monopoly. I'm hearing myself. Why am, I, why am I? Yeah, I heard yeah. that too. What are you doing? I don't know. You sound good to me. I'm hearing myself echo through Dan. Is it through Dan? You know what? It might be these weird, like, super sensitive headphones that I have. Let me see if I back up. Can you hear me again? Okay. Now I can't. Wow, that's really <laughs> sensitive headphones, yeah. dude. I got to figure that thing out. I got to, like, get some muffs for them or something so you can't pick them up in the microphone. Um, but I feel like Joe said it before about them being utilities because now they're more of a requirement than a delicacy. I mean, to do your job now, you got social, you got learning that has to happen online. Now you're giving more access to these corporations to have more power. And I feel like they're like Disney. They have their hands in everything. And my fear now is, is that you're not really going to have the option to be able to be these independent podcasters that can say or have their own platform much like we go by the laws of youtube anchor spotify whatever platform you guys use now if they're all running under google and google says i don't want them on the platform now you don't have a choice in what platform yeah. you go to the whole internet no doesn't market. want you yeah it creates a, like one gatekeeper and i think the interesting argument here is the argument for you know, pulling Joe Rogan down that I've heard, you know, quite often is, and not, it's not even just Joe Rogan, whoever it is, name a person that, you know, you don't like, or somebody doesn't like, it's not, you know, it's, it's not so much that, uh, thing they always turn to is like, it's, it's not getting rid of free speech. If we pull down Joe Rogan, these are private companies, they can do whatever they want. And it's actually gotten me thinking a lot more about it's really not even a free speech issue so much anymore. Like it's not really a first amendment issue because technically they're correct. Joe can still walk outside onto a mountaintop and scream whatever he wants to scream and not go to jail for it, which is what the first amendment is for. It's really more of an open discourse issue, isn't it? Which, I mean, I think you could tie that into the first amendment if you really wanted to, but it's just this, this pulling down of, of open discourse and continuing to get people to bifurcate. Because that's the first thing that happens. Anytime a controversial issue drops down, you immediately see that bifurcation to these polls. And I, that's why I think it's a lot more about open discourse than it is necessarily about free speech. Well, I, I just – I don't understand how an Epstein can get through. Like I, I like my, my kind of idea is that I like the conspiracy 
type people because I'd rather have someone thinking way out of left field where I would have never thought of it. Like we all know those people like the earth is flat. You're like, okay, I can I got understand one for you your then. reason. What? I got a conspiracy for you with all of this. Okay, give me that. All right, so but let's put it, we were talking about this on the show today. Let's put on the tinfoil hats. Okay, so Neil Young's music is owned by Hypnotic, right? Hypnotic is who owns his catalog. I know his... it's linked to Pfizer, the main man. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's Everyone's seen the video of it. I'm like, look, I bet you if you probably scroll through all the artists who actually have pulled their music down over something like that, unless they're friends and saying the same thing everyone else is saying with Stand with Rogan, they probably stand with Neil. Honestly, I don't know who he is. Um but I, I'm not probably the best. He has best. a couple of good songs. He has a whole album, which is a misinformation. It's about GMOs. So if you really want to <laughs> really get into the nitty gritty. Yeah, he wrote all these songs being anti-GMOs for uh, like plants and stuff like that. And it was all wrong. So then what's the future for anybody that wants to create content? Are you just going to have these platforms keep goalpost moving and moving to where nobody can say a single thing if it doesn't fit the narrative that they like. Like, I don't like that. I'm a freedom of speech person, no matter who it is that's saying it, even if it's like, I, I, I don't, I don't fight for the things that you're saying. What I fight for is the right for you to be able to say those things because those things move to a longer thing. And I know people go like, oh, hey, you're just you're, you're you're thinking way too far ahead. Or you're thinking too conspiratorial. It's like, yeah, but do you notice like we talked about this a couple of years ago and it's happening now and then that's going to keep going farther and farther and farther. And you're going to get into some weird kind of authoritarian Internet type substance. I mean, more than it probably already is. I mean, now they. You can't say white trash on Facebook. You can't say a bunch of. I got banned for that things. once. Yeah. Yeah. I called the people who killed him out Aubrey white trash, and uh, <laughs> I got a uh, got the uh, the old uh, twenty four hour ban for it. You I think like, they you would side with you on that one? And there's a real recent, real world example of that, right? Corey and I were just talking about this a couple weeks ago on our show with uh, uh, when it came to. When, when COVID first came down and vaccines finally started rolling out and everybody was getting super excited and like, okay, we can just take our vaccine and we can all get back to normal. And like you had the, what would have been at the time, the vaccine mandate tinfoil hat people. And pe even people like Corey and I were like, now oh, come on, there's never going to be any mandates. That's never going to happen. And then, and then slowly, it, almost surely, it almost happened. It, it, it kind of happened in Australia, depending on who you talk to. So it's, you know, this whole, like you said, Robbie, this whole thinking too far into the future thing, it's like, maybe that's all it is. And it's not even, it's when it came to the COVID situation, it was just months down the line. It wasn't like 10 years down the line. Well, it's simple. Just question the billionaires. Like, is that okay? Yeah, it's all about the money. But why is that a conspiracy? Why do you get labeled as like a microchip person or something like that? Where I'm just like, question Bill Gates. Just ask him. What are you doing that's nefarious? I reached out to like Donald Trump. I reached out to Bernie Sanders. I reached out to Joe Biden's office. But honestly, I don't think I, he would be able to do a podcast because he can barely muster out a couple of words. But <laughs> he's I, one I, I term would, away from saying a racial slur. I Dr. Wife, Dr. Jill Wife, get in here and help me figure out how to work this. this damn I contraption. would be 100 percent just saying, OK, you're telling me all the good stuff. But where's the where's the shit, dude, with everything? There's shit. Where is that? I want to see that back trail of the stuff you're not telling me, the stuff you don't want to hide. Be I mean, like, for instance, I always use this example. The senator guy that was talked about when he was 17, he had sex with a 14-year-old girl. And this is like he's in his 60s, late 60s. So back then it wasn't like as 
crazy as it is now, that would be disgusting in many sense of the word, um, which is weird because if it was a woman that's 17 to a guy who's 14, it's like seen differently in society. Thanks um, for that. But what, <laughs> with his whole, I'm going to put this out front because I know you're going to look for it. I like that method because I feel like you're a lot of this falls on the line of dishonesty and a lot of people are being sales pitched something that they necessarily didn't want to be sales pitched like this whole vaccine thing. Everything has been mismanaged so much. I mean, I'm not an anti-vax person at all in any sense of the word, but when you're, you're, you're giving me 100% of the cheery, happy Christmas stuff, rather than the other side of that, I start to have questions and I don't like being shut down for the questions that I ask. When can't, can't both things be true too? Like, can't these uh, can't these vaccines both be life saving and work the way that maybe not necessarily the way we were promised, but still work to prevent death and hospitalization? But also, you can also have the pharmaceutical companies that made these vaccines still completely grifting off of them and trying to get as much of a profit as they can. Like, there's a middle ground. Like, both of those things can be true. It shouldn't be that difficult to see. Well, it shouldn't be a conspiracy to say it. Right. It's the core process that they've been trying to do for the longest time, which is take out that middle party. And sadly, that's probably where all three of us fall in is those people that really are – see, middle rotor, that term has been labeled as – you make a like pick a fucking side, man. Do you want mm -hmm. potato wedges or do you want curly fries? Like, no, maybe I want to like have a mixture of the both. It's like you don't get a mixture of the both. We sell them individually, so I'll double charge you. No, 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 no. The middle rotors have been seen as people that can't make up their fucking mind, or maybe they're people that are hesitant on making up their mind because with every action that you take, there's an effect that follows it, and I think we're – I mean, we're not above yeah, anybody else in the sense of that. We want to just make sure that we got all our lines crossed and all our eyes dotted, I would say. Before picking a side, and by the way, don't act like you're not excited when you order those French fries and you get that one onion ring. Everybody loves that extra onion ring. Got to be, it's time to start looking for more onion rings, don't you? Don't no, you like that accidental onion ring? No, I was never a fan of onion rings. All right, well, you know what I mean. Okay, <laughs> so you get this, the curly get fry, Rob. Yeah, you get the accidental curly in there. You love the accidental curly. You're excited to find that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think with everything, there comes a good and a bad, too. Um, with Sadly, with curly fries, I think you get major indigestion that you're regretting because you're not able to handle your high school, I guess, diet in a sense. You're more on the lines of, like, I need a Tums and I need an aspirin and I need to lay down. Um, yeah, I know when I eat the curly fry that it's uh, got about a 20-minute window when I have to pop a uh... – Antacid before. <laughs> Papa Xanax. Uh, <laughs> it was just me. I mean, from what your guys have talked about and what you guys have experienced, and I've watched a good bit of your guys' show, what do you see as like a, a stepping stones? And I mean, besides understanding each other, like I would think that if you're going to mandate anything, you need to mandate people to have a fucking beer with each other. If you have a shot or something, you get the, you know, get the looseness in you, but you're able to talk more rather than just throw paint at somebody. And I mean, in, Inside everybody's head, you're your biggest hero, but in another person's eyes, you might be the villain. So I think there's a way to talk about these issues and not be divided as such. Um, I don't know if that starts with conversation. I don't expect people to have like, you know, a beer with every single person that they want to meet. But if you're mandated to do so, in a sense, one beer a day with one random person who might not agree with you, I guarantee you, you'll probably end up solving some shit. Because what we've probably noticed, and Corey, we've talked about on my show, is that um. 
you get to the steps, you climb all the way up, but then it seems like you go all the way right back down. Like you're not seeing the door get busted down in the sense of not like a Capitol Hill type thing, but more on the lines of like, you're not getting the core problem fixed because you're being divided by like a, some shiny keys or something. Yeah. And then, about, go ahead, Corella, you go first. And then, uh, yeah, we actually, we talked about that on the show. And I think like what people need to do more is have internal conversations a bit before they even like try to discuss the things. Like whenever you have a point, like whenever you uh, come up with like your opinion on something, what you should do next is like, all right, what's the best argument against that? And when you do that in your head, then when you actually talk to people and you kind of be more of a devil's advocate, you come from more of a place of understanding instead of just having this hard line, hard stance opinion on something to where you're just not gonna no matter what anyone else says you're not going to uh like waver on it because you never even questioned it yourself yeah it was uh cory kind of articulated what i was gonna say um I, I believe it was a guest i wish i could remember this woman's name but she was on um barry weiss's podcast who i'm a huge fan of and she basically said that she was she grew up i believe a second wave feminist and she social issues would make her angry and she would go home as a, as a teenager as, as you often are as a teenager right you got a lot of angst you're angry at the world or whatever yeah. everything pisses you off and so thanks mom yeah she went home and she she talked to her dad and her dad just in a level-headed way and she said she never forgot this and i have internalized this and i've spread it on to Corey, which is that whenever you think you're 100 right about something that's especially something super controversial whether you're talking about legalizing drugs or abortion or whatever it may be whatever side you're on no matter how extreme it is the first question you need to ask yourself is what's the best argument for the other side and actually take it seriously and actually consider it doesn't mean you have to change your opinion on it but understand that 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 other side and that best argument for the other side is probably a really good one especially when speaking about a controversial issue for example like abortion because otherwise it wouldn't be so polarizing if the other side didn't have a good argument then there would be no argument right you would think i think the issue has went from it's leaked the politics into academia as well too you're seeing more right. academics retweet and say stuff that's very very political actually i had a guest on the show that thought it was going to be uh corey knows we talked about the episode um they, she saw yours your episode corey and that was the one that is the only one that has a dislike on it um that i can tell uh so, so obviously <laughs> they didn't agree with the narrative but i think you can really go into something because when you hear the trigger words, for instance, if I say like something about this or you mention anything with Trump, immediately you have to cover it with I'm not pro Trump. I'm just saying this. And then because pe people will assume that and you start to have to self-censor that way. But it's leaked into academia where I started to notice something different. I thought it was in uh, Confucius Institutes, like people incentivizing, you know, giving a couple million dollars China or whatever to be able to really kind of uh, – I would say rile up people or, you know, get, get them all brainwashed to learn like the real history of America to where you hate your own country's decentralization. It's a KGB tactic as well, too. There's Yuri Bezgamenov who's talked about it. I played on the show before, but now I started to think of something different. Corey, me and you talked about the guy that tried to light a fire in California around those firefighters that were trying to put out the fires. And he mm -hmm. happened to be an, a professor at one of the institutions. What I started to notice is talking with academics who also teach at these institutions is that. It's one teacher brainwashing all their students. Then eventually 
they're so riled up that if one of the teachers says, don't listen to him, they fight that teacher and they're afraid to say anything. They're not convincing people their own age. They're convincing people younger, much like if you walk into kindergarten and start doing David Copperfield magic, every kid is going to believe you. Now it's gotten so big that teachers have to side with them. And that's also where you're seeing part of the brainwashing as well, too. I, I you pick up a pitchfork to stab your neighbor, but you're not looking at the core issue of why you're stabbing your neighbor. Like that's the whole thing is that it's more about action because they feel like they're running out of time. And in a sense, I mean, that's what happened with Jordan Peterson. He was on Joe Rogan explaining that when he was in this debate or he was watching his daughter debate, the other side, uh, I guess was talking about was veganism or something like that. They were talking about meat isn't beneficial to humans or certain types of humans. It's a bad food or something. Something boils down that argument like it always does. And as whatever the other person would say something the crowd of her friends would get up and say meat is murder then they would sit down and then she would say something meat is murder and he was talking about it. it was the most insane thing he's ever seen and that's in their eyes that's seen as a good thing to do but for a lot of people who are on the outside who are just watching it on youtube are like this looks fucking insane and that goes to joe rogan you watch that clip without knowing the man you look at it like a Pat Oswalt writing an essay for hanging out with Dave Chappelle. Are these things that you're putting faith in something or you're putting so much belief and so much all of this into something when there's a whole other side out there that has no idea what context you're fucking talking about? And that's where we see the, dis the disconnect, the miscommunication, because you're not having people so interested to where they look up the information by themselves. You're just having people see the cliff notes of it and they're running off. Yeah. And we know that firsthand, don't we, Corey? Uh, we, yeah. just, we just had a couple of comments on, a, on an article that I wrote. Uh, it, it was basically, the title of it was uh, that the Canadian trucker convoy, the Canadian truckers are liberals. And obviously, that's the headline that people are going to see. And instead of actually going in and reading it, we had at least a couple of comments of, how can they be liberals if they hate Justin Trudeau? Well, why don't you go in and actually read the article and I will explain to you why I think these truckers are liberals. And that movement to me is because uh, I know I know we've kind of been talking about the negative aspects of this, but I, I think there are there's there's a there's a there's an awakening that's happening. We might still be at the at the beginning of it, but I think a lot of people are starting to wake up to what they're actually seeing and pretty much everything you just described and why everything's so bifurcated. Yeah, yeah, the conversations that we're having right now, I think, are starting to happen more on a macro scale, where people are starting to see that same facade of this super polarized, like, groupthink type stuff, to where it's like, well, wait a minute, I think this and this, like, they do, but I also think this and this, like, they do, and then you're just, you're in this, like, politically ideological homeless place because your lines aren't hardlined and blurred, and I think people are just getting exhausted by the fact that they have to be hardlined on everything. I, I think we talked about before, Corey, um, but I've mentioned uh, with Jordan Peterson and Ben Shapiro, they agree that the population is going to stop at 10 billion people and it's probably going to start decreasing. Um, you're seeing a lot of kids start to have kids when they're older now. I think a lot of this is there's not really a generational gap anymore. How many kids are being raised by their grandparents? Now, you'll talk back to your parents. You won't talk back to your grandparents. So with that generational gap, maybe it'll fix a lot of infighting. See, we're having babies that have babies. Like that's a big issue, and I think that's slowly starting to be fixed a little bit with people waiting to have kids. Oh, I'm going to have kids when I'm in my late 30s or something like that. Okay, good. Then you're not going to have this small gap. You're going to have a larger gap where you start realizing the power type thing. It's going to gracefully go 
rather than it all just being jammed in your face. Now you have a 14-year-old kid who has a 28-year-old dad, and they're fighting back and forth because you're both still technically children in a sense. You know, you're. I think that's important. I think that's what's needed in a lot of aspects of stuff too. I think that's where understanding comes from is when you can have an older person talk to you and be able to have these rational conversations. But now are, are people generally interested in what's going on? I mean, the truckers just lost $10 million that was put in a fund for them on GoFundMe because their yeah. actions have now been deemed by law as like um, more of a protest rather How than convenient. an actual. So you get to this point, it's like, well, where does that money go? Does it get refunded? No, it's going to go to charities. Now we're having like this thing of like, now you're going to enrage people even more to cause violence because now you're discerning what they have is non-existent and we're going to take what you were given and give it to other people. Now there's other people out there that would say that's not what that means at all. Yeah, but that's not, it's not how you see it. It's how they're going to see it. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting too, because as far as I know, GoFundMe's never done anything like that before. I mean, there, there's, there's been millions upon millions of dollars that have been donated to organizations like Black Lives Matter. And we've talked about Black Lives Matter a lot. And the, the, the movement and the organization are not the same thing. So a lot of that GoFundMe money, I mean, you, this money, this has been tracked has been used to buy mansions for people at the top of the movement, not for not for the actual movement itself. But yet these truckers aren't a movement. They're uh, whatever. I don't I don't remember what GoFundMe said. They deemed them. I think you said a protest and a movement for some reason aren't the same thing. Um, but you're absolutely right. That's like you, when you see that you go, well, why is why is what I think is important so different or considered evil compared to what this group over here thinks is important. All these Canadian truckers want is just not to have mandates. They want back, they want uh, uh, restrictions lifted in Canada. This and, and a large percentage of these people, I mean, I guess large is relative, but a decent percentage of these people are vaccinated. You know, they're not anti-vax people. They just want to be able to have the freedom that they were promised so long ago when Canada was founded. It's not hard to figure out. Do you think it's just maybe like that plan would have worked if it was done sooner? Or do you think it would have maybe failed if it was done later? That's how I'm looking at everything. Like I'm looking at it like Bill Gates, for instance, saying he wants to launch a missile into the atmosphere to dissipate particles to dim the sun. That sounds like a fucking villain in a, the, any movie you could label. But if you say that now, even though he did that a couple of years ago, and people are like, are you insane? You say that now, people are like, maybe that's a good idea. Maybe we can fix climate change because they blasted the narrative in your face so much of like climate change. The world's going to end that it convinces you like maybe we need to do something this drastic. And I think that's with a lot of stuff. You see constant headlines of media saying in parentheses like, you know, Shaq anti-mandates shack all this type of stuff shack anti-vax and they do a question mark well no way he said anti-vax he just doesn't want you to be forced to take something and then people go well then you must be anti like that word anti in front of that word that word packs a fucking wallop it's like saying the c word like doesn't matter who you're saying it to everybody's buttholes clench and everyone's ears fucking perk up like it's a sharp tongue word and that's with how they got rogan they found something that he said and they're able to label it like that it's a sharp tongue word it's something that will wake people up in a second be like what did you just say 
that's kind of like you're seeing so much of the narratives now where you're wondering they can't hit the race narrative so they can't so they hit the vaccine narrative when they don't hit the vaccine narrative they start playing climate change there's these narratives and these steps that they take and i think everyone's trying to take down rogan so their views go up i mean i've had the thought myself and i'm not even cnn but cnn's probably sitting there like we're gonna get a million views not five hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah, like, like that's what I was trying to say earlier is like when it comes to the mainstream media, Joe Rogan right now is getting them views because if they talk about it, that's the hot button topic and he's the villain. They go on his show and it just it's just a bunch of easy fodder to fill up the, the time slots for their show and just bullshit about Joe Rogan just like they did Donald Trump. And it's just going to give them raising, ratings because people want to hear about it. But they do need you a villain. Think- do you think, though, that like anybody who wasn't watching CNN, which is like 95 percent of the world, uh, is going to start watching CNN because they're so they can talk about shit Joe about Rogan? Rogan? Yeah, <laughs> no, probably not. I don't see that. No, but but it'll keep people watching a little bit longer. You know what I mean? If that's the hot button issue, it, well, like the, the viewer retainership or whatever. It, you see, the issue is, is that now it's been more about trying to keep the audience that you have and not lose anybody rather than just saying the truth like you would think people would want the truth but a lot of people just want to hear what they think the truth is like in a sense well, then like- what's better than a sensationalized uh racist who uh is anti-vax and eats horse pace eats horse pace those are their words not our words but <laughs> what better way to retain the viewers to stick around the show to hear about this crazy bastard well, I, I think it's just because half of those people that say those things haven't actually listened to an episode of his show. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen one person talk have. about how they've seen every single hour of Joe Rogan and did a whole like review about it, like a research paper they put on their blog and talked about all the misogyny and all this type of stuff. And I'm like, are you understanding jokes in any sense of the word? Like he prefaces yeah, – like when you have to preface, this is going to be a joke, everyone. Trigger takes- warning. Yeah, it takes the fun out of it, and it's like I don't think anybody really thinks that like, oh, you shouldn't have this or you shouldn't have that. And those people will be, I wouldn't say I, they wouldn't be like de-evolved, but they wouldn't. They're they're going to end up not evolving with how society evolves. Right. See, the issue is, is when you ban something, when you censor something, you're only making it try and find another crack of light to go to. Like you're making them scour to whatever dark internet or whatever they have to go to. Society evolves. People will not laugh if it's not funny or people will laugh if it is funny. That's how society evolves. And if that, like uh, Bill Burr had a, a longstanding joke with this. He said, when you cancel a comedian, all you're doing is you're taking the money that pays for the food that goes to their kid's mouth, which breeds another generation of people to hate you because you got their dad fired he goes you know what does happen is society evolves they if the joke does if joke isn't funny people don't laugh that comedian has to find new material yeah there's yeah, yeah i mean there's right. a good reason why lenny bruce's jokes don't stand up today <laughs> you know what i mean like you can you can't go out and do the same type of comedy that lenny bruce does or did today there's no way it would work or even before, uh, yeah, even like way back in the day, who was the one that influenced Rodney Dangerfield? Just the quit, like the Frank Sinatra quip, Rodney Dangerfield uh, type comedy itself. That you don't really see that anymore. Just, oh, take my wife, please. No respect. Yeah, it's just it's, it's just it's not that funny anymore. Well, <laughs> yeah, what about the term sacred cows? There's just sacred cows you can't attack. You know, some comedians can do it properly, but it's about finding the right ways to be able to do so. The fact that you can hold something like that, that used to be a religion, not religion anymore. Religion gets attacked a lot now and gets a lot of criticism. So I don't know what what will be the next sacred cows. Are you saying we can't talk about our president anymore? Right now, the sacred cow is probably like 
like some of the uh, minority groups. And the goalposts are constantly moving. Who knows what it'll be tomorrow? Well, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? When we say sacred cows are, um, like The View, for instance, The View gave Whoopi Goldberg a two-week suspension for the same thing basically Gina Carano did. Like, is that, is, is that, and now they're fighting against their own network saying that they can't do yeah, this. Yeah, actually, my recent monologue was actually about that. The article that's probably going to post on our blog here. And uh, actually, I'll probably do that today. I'll put it up after uh, this episode. Can you read it? Yeah, you want me to read it? Yeah, is it long? It's not that long. It takes maybe a minute to How read it. How many characters? I don't know the character count. Is it enough for a tweet? No, <laughs> it's not <laughs> enough for a tweet. It's a monologue. Um, yeah, let me pull it up real quick. But yeah, it was basically just about uh, about um, Whoopi Goldberg. And so it goes this way. The moral significance of a belief derives from the purpose to which it was put. That's a quote from a Thomas Sal book. And honestly, I'm not sure if it was a quote he found then put in the book, Black Rednecks and White Liberals, or his own words. But it was powerful, insightful, thought and thought-provocating regardless. In layman's terms, it's basically stating that the opinion or belief someone holds should be measured based on the intention of what they are, of what they are trying to convey. Was what is being implied an honest opinion with the purpose of what one would consider a virtuous endeavor in good faith, or from a place of ill will, distrust, or downright hatred? Was it out of lack of context, knowledge of the subject, or being subjective to an opinionated bubble? Or was it willful ignorance, outright anger, shrouded in preconceived biases that cloud the judgment of separating fact from emotion? When someone expresses an opinion on a very emotionally charged subject, should we take the time to take these thoughts into consideration before we have a knee-jerk reaction? The not-so-obvious answer is yes, but in a reactionary society of fast-paced information and standard operating procedures is to be one of the first to have a response to missteps and shortcomings. A society where we worry more about our responses than response to what someone said before that we digest what they are trying to say. Whoopi Goldberg was recently suspended for two weeks from her position as one of the hosts on The View. She came from a position that, she, that the atrocities the Nazis inflicted on the Jewish community was aberrant, but, dis, and, but disregarded it was about race and instead stated it was about humans treating humans inhumanely. She's not wrong. Now, before I get canceled from The View for two weeks myself, I'll add the caveat that she's missing key factors like quotes from her that Hitler himself stating the Jews were an inferior race, but she's on point when it comes to people being tr people treating each other as subhuman based on what we should consider trivial in our never-ending strive as the human race to progress. But, it, in her, but is her personally having a lack of knowledge on the subject worth silencing her when this could have been an opportunity to be a learning experience? What a better platform than The View to educate Whoop, not only Whoopi, but all of its viewers on the subject of the Holocaust and all of the disgusting events it entails. If someone entrenched in hot button topics such as race has shortcomings like this, what of the average American, the ones with a voice too small to be canceled and the ones that have no concept of what happened almost 80 years ago? Why not bring on experts to the show to enlighten the cast and the audience and bring perspective? Whoopi is not alone in this battlefield of censorship. The last two weeks, there has been a concerted attack on another host of a more popular show. Joe Rogan is under attack for having guests on his show that have opinions that cut, cut across the grain of the mainstream narrative. Are they wrong? Misguided? Possibly. But in a free society, that is up to the individual to decide these opinions, not a gatekeeper. Every shortcoming and ill-conceived ideology is a learning opportunity if approached properly with, counter with counterpoint, contrived in integrity and objectiveness based in fact. We are all human and we all have shortcomings, regardless of ideologies, and we are all learning to navigate this rock we live on as we hurl through space trying to find our place on, in the world. Some want to be heard and feel their opinions are important to the conversation, even if they are wrong. 
In fact, wrong opinions are just as important, so we have to base to distinguish the good from the bad. Instead of the easy path of shutting people up, let's take the time to remember the moral significance of a belief derives from the purpose to which it was put, and educate each other instead of shutting each other up because their truths do because their truths cohabitate with ours. Silencing each other doesn't stop opinions, but they keep them from being challenged. Is that all of it? That's what I wrote. Yeah. Uh, it's too short for a book and too long to put on a tattoo on my fucking ass, man. Jesus. Yeah. You started going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like, oh, my one. God. It's either the most mimosas <laughs> coming out of them now. Yeah, yeah. We both write one for the week for the show. Beautiful. It was just as beautiful the second time. That it was just good. Thanks, man. I'm sorry I, you had to go through that twice, but it was good. It was good. <laughs> so what like for the monologue that you just read what was the like what, what what's the message you're trying to send are you trying to send a message or are you just explaining it yeah. overall capping it uh no kind of sending a message that like that that uh that quote that i said like in it, the moral significance of a belief derives from the purpose to which it was put so like basically we have to come from a place where when it comes to like Whoopi goldberg what she was saying like it wasn't like ill intention she wasn't trying to hurt anyone's feelings it was just an uneducated opinion and then she went on the steve colbert show and was actually elaborating on it more that she was like i don't know i guess like she basically was saying that she sees races like skin deep is that an uneducated opinion is that looking at other races as a monolithic view sure it absolutely is if you ask a jewish person what race are you they're not going to say oh white they're going <laughs> to say i'm jewish i say i'm white Right, but you're not Jewish. I'm Ashkenazi. <laughs> What's that? The chosen people. The Ashkenazi, how are you? Yeah. I don't even know. We'll have to, you'll have to explain that. Let's put a button in that. I want but I'm you not religious, I'm so, I mean, right. I, thought, I thought it was a religion, too. So I might agree with Whoopi on that one. Um, right, that's what I'm saying, kind of, is like, but so like got, instead I mean, of silencing her, shutting her up, taking her out the view for two weeks, now she's just like, I'm just not going to talk about it anymore. And it's like, that's wrong. That's not what we should do. It's like they should have someone on the show to like really educate her and in turn her whole audience. It's a good chance for a learning opportunity to explain just the ideologies and the race of, of the Jewish people and things like that. But instead, they're just straight shutting her up. It, it should and, have definitely been an educational standpoint that it should have been kind of elaborated on more. But also, I'm not mad at it because all they do is talk shit on the fucking view. The fact that they have a show where just a bunch of people that look like birds sit on fucking perches and talk shit and shit right. like on like on statues. And the statues would be just anybody that they choose wants to be in their spotlight. I mean, I'm not mad at the fact that the hand kind of turned around and got bit in a sense. But I, it's I just funny. You shouldn't. But it, it all went downhill when you started having these things like Dr. Phil, Howard Stern, all these types of things that profit off of pain. That is the fucking thing that enrages me the most. The fact that in a debate, people can shout at each other. You need to tell them to shut up or they're going to go in the hot box for 10 minutes or something like that. Like they're not <laughs> the done right. Box. Anything is now a form of entertainment. And what gets people entertaining is like having it like a reality television show or some mm -hmm. type of thing where you watch a person on The Bachelor walk up and be like you're the love of my life i really want to be i want to be with you forever and they're like uh no and then next thing you know that person's crushed and you feel good inside because you're not as much as a loser as that guy is Just and that dopamine it's the it, dopamine it went downhill with television and now sadly one of the most serious stuff which really nobody pays attention to and the fact that we're in a heavy inflation right now which maybe it's good maybe making people struggle to be able to survive gets their mind off the politics makes them want to just get <laughs> drunk out on the lake i don't know <coughs> what you you all right cory yeah 
Doesn't what you just said, uh, Robbie, everything you just said and everything in Corey's monologue, doesn't that just speak to why and the question that nobody's asking, which is why Joe Rogan is so popular? Like the mindlessness of what you get from the view. I, I, I'm glad you said that because I like to call them squawking birds myself. You can even ask Corey. And, yeah. And like, I want to say really quick uh, yeah. is we're absolutely right. They are a bunch of morons, but they don't deserve to be canceled just as much as Joe Rogan doesn't. 100%. But they're, they're but they mad. Are, yeah, and, and everything that you hear from uh, reality TV or whatever it is, just the mindlessness and just the screaming at each other. People are clearly starved for the good, nuanced conversation that Joe Rogan provides on his show, which is why he is not the most popular podcast, not the most popular show, the, the literally the most popular piece of media in the world right now, bar none. Uh, I thought Call Her Daddy was a popular form of media. It is. It is but isn't Joe Rogan still like the number one streaming yeah. podcast? But Spotify is just gonna try and push it on to call her daddy, which is weird in its own. Like, our, well, I haven't listened to the show, so is it like, is she calling her dads or people that could possibly be her dad because she might not know who her, her real one is? I think that's the really raunchy one, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a, isn't it? A, it was a, originally, it was a barstool show. Is it still a barstool show? I don't even know. Well, the front cover of it, like their her logo art, is a cooter shot. Oh, nice. Like, you know, when they're getting out of a limousine and they have the, you know, those were all staged. Britney Spears getting out of a limousine and you see the. Seems yeah. like it. Yeah. <laughs> Get those paparazzi shots. I still bought one. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But I think there's a, uh, like, uh, there's, you shouldn't be having faith in people to be the voice of reason in a lot of sense. You shouldn't have be having rappers be idolized in a sense of voice of reason. I mean, the rock covered Joe Rogan saying, I support Joe Rogan. I think he's a cool dude. I'd like to drink tequila on a show one day. And then he retracted his statement and completely went all the way back on everything that he said. And now everyone's lighting him up about that as well, too. Nobody's ever happy with anything that you do with one thing that you do in the world. One person's going to be pissed off of it. And not even just with people, you shouldn't have corporations like Dan's hat, for instance, making giants statements in a sense or feel the need that they have to make a statement because they're that pissed off now you understand the the recourse that comes with that when you're that company if you own a company and you make a giant public statement like that or you feel like the need to insert your opinion and it's like that one guy who was posting on his business page rather than his personal page and next thing you know he's getting lit up his whole business is being on strike and all this type of stuff when he didn't want to post that on his actual page i have friends who own food trucks or businesses um and they talk about how accidental post on their business page relates to their personal page and then that's the issue is that it was meant for their personal page and now their whole business is being affected where people are uh, protesting their business all because they don't agree with the, who the president is and I'm like that's not what that's supposed to be you have to understand the damage or the cause and effect that goes with that but also we shouldn't be looking to giant Jesuses on crosses to be main media people or anybody that you see on the television there's a reason why it's all entertainment when and yep. who gets hurt when a company like Carhartt decides to, uh, you know, make a political statement about vaccines? We're going to mandate vaccines for our company. Like personally, I don't really care because I don't work for Carhartt and I like their stuff. But when people decide to boycott Carhartt, you know, if it, if it hurts them financially, it's not the higher ups, it's not the CEO of Carhartt that's going to get fucked over. It's going to be the little guy. It's going to be the the people that work in the factories. Like those are the jobs that are going to get the other blue collar people. Yeah. So when you when you when you when you 
make a statement like that if you're Carhartt or if you're the person that decides to boycott it, you're both hurting not the other person that you actually want to hurt. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. It's like when uh, it's like when President Biden wants to uh, or any president for that matter wants to uh, sanction the Russians. You think that's going to hurt Vladimir Putin? No, it's going to hurt the Russian people. It's going to hurt the people that you don't actually want to hurt. But it makes it look like you're doing something, something righteous. Did you hear that yeah. uh, that the, the the attack or whatever that they were talking about might have been crisis actors? Russia was talking about that. The government just said this. They said that it was. Am I right in saying that? Right? It's, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The the Pentagon is trying to say that Russia is going to do a false flag attack <laughs> on, and, uh, in Ukraine. Was not everyone like be, like berating Alex Jones for claiming crisis actors or something like that on a different scenario? And now the government's using that tactic of crisis actors. Like, are they just watching oh, yeah. what's trending and they use? Oh, that's a good idea. We might try that. Oh, they're talking yeah, about yeah. other dimensions. No, we're, yeah, we're just giving money to Nazis in Ukraine. <laughs> and that's that's mm. a fact. The uh, we're actually there's the Nazi separatists that are fighting off and with the russians and stuff it's like a neo-nazi group that we you tried to help stage a coup to get the government put you, in 2014 your slur when you said that was perfect because it sounded just like my grandpa who would be complaining about like the japs or something in world war two but it's interesting i want to go back to what you're saying about the corporations with political stands and uh i forget where i heard it but it actually is a really good point um these big corporations, they take these political stands on like LGBTQ movements, uh, the, 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 van, the vaccine mandate movements, uh, Black Lives Matter movements, because a lot of these companies are companies who have like paying like child labor laws. I mean, they're paying like child laborers in like in other countries and they're like a really shitty country overall, paying low wages and doing all things like that. And if they can muddy up the conversation in any way and take a political stance and make them look good, the people who are against it are talking about that and the people that are for it are praising them and it's kind of a distraction, shiny keys, dangling over here oh, instead of everyone talking about that company and like their actual like business practices. Their actual atrocities. Yeah. Yeah. So is it conspiratorial? It's a distraction. Well, is it conspiratorial thinking that the reason why we're dealing with such high I mean, inflation's up seven percent? Usually, it's at least like what is an average raise like three percent? So it's like double what two raises and maybe another one half of another one would be. I mean, you're having still rising. Yeah, and it, that's the issue. Is like, is that just to make you struggle more, not worry so much about the politics, and maybe in a sense that it's good, but it sucks because how many people have to work another job now because they can't do that? I asked for a raise at work. I don't think I'm getting it. Honestly, it might probably cost me a job. Uh, we'll find out when this episode gets released. We'll have the answer by then. <laughs> but yeah, I no, it's part of that. Um, no, I don't think like things like inflation are a thing like that because of the fact that all they have to do is just call Joe Rogan a racist. And we just, you know what I mean? We just spent the first half of the episode talking about that because we're not talking about the other stuff. Like as that's happening and everyone's talking about that, the Democrat-led Congress is trying to push through a $500 million bill right now to give money to like Raytheon and Lockheed Martin and stuff to make weapons to give to Ukraine. That's $500 million. $500 million that could go to all of our, like we obviously, we just passed the infrastructure bill. But that was such this big hubaloo that they can like, oh, we don't know where the money's going. We don't know where it's from. But then when it's this, it's no problem. When we've we've we had that mentality about taking care of our own citizens, five hundred million dollars, we could put in 
high-speed internet in rural areas and in urban areas to make it to where everybody was is able to fight for or be able to have access to internet and actually be an entre- entrepreneur in a globalized society. Well, we got people gonna... in Flint who are still drinking lead water. We could use some of that money. You could give everybody in America a million, a one plus million dollar uh, no, it will be care. No, yeah. insurance policy. You either have to ask a, um, Bezos for money by tweeting at him, or you got to worry about the fact that we talked about internet being a requirement. Now you're going to have it all over your block to where you are going to end up requiring it for people's homes. So you have to pay an extra bill, and it's not. It's kind of like you're going to mandate internet. Everyone wants internet. Everyone loves internet. Everyone uses it. But imagine if they're telling you you have to have it. There's no option not to have it. Well, we'll do it unspokenly by making every single thing you need to be productive or make your money all cost the internet. And then we'll make it the bill a little bit bigger. That It's just weird lines you start seeing where it's like, is, it, is that all conspiratorial thinking or is it just seeing the inevitable rock going down the cliff and you're deciding now to put your hands up and get ready to brace for the impact? I don't necessarily know that it's conspiracy. I think it could be construed as conspiratorial thinking, but I think, I think, I think with almost anything, we talked about this earlier in this episode and Corey and I have talked about it a million times. If you follow the money back far enough, you will find where the quote unquote conspiracy started. Whatever, whatever you're, I think whatever you're talking about, whether you're talking about the vaccines, what you just talked about with quote unquote mandating internet, somebody's making a dollar off of it. I don't think that's a conspiracy. Somebody's making a dollar off of everything we do both in government and as individuals. We are the product on Facebook after all, right? We are the product on Google. Oh, data mining is so gross. <laughs> did you, so did you know that the, the suicide hotlines, they data mine as well? No. What, are they, what are they trying to find out? It's just, you know, just well, to get uh, that data. You search for a 10-foot rope and you also search for some bleach. I'm wondering if just he's to either get going that to data, drink or he's going to jump like, off a cliff. They sit there and they, cause they do the texting and they do the calling and they ask like, and like they ask and like the, uh, the conversations are in good faith. You know what I mean? They're not like someone's sitting there and been like, Oh, and then what's your social security number? You know, that kind of shit. But they're sitting there and like, Oh, you know, don't do this. Like, like, the, like, like their one example was like what they do to respond. If someone says, yeah, the pills are in front of me, you know, they'd be like, Oh, well, why don't you put the pills in the drawer while we talk, you know, and things like that. And like, they're actually trying to help people through but those conversations that are recorded and the texts that are recorded, they're taken, they're compiled, and the data is put into tab- tables and then sold. It, it, that's their free service. Like, not, not free service. They're, it's a free service. They don't yeah. get. They're not. They're not employees in the sense that they get paid. There's people volunteering because it would be weird if you paid them to do that. Because imagine you're sitting on the phone listening to some person talk about how they're going to end it and how bad their life is <laughs> for ten minutes, and then you just go. That's fucking 12 o'clock. I'm out. I'm clocking out. Have a yeah, good one, yeah, man. Yeah, Hopefully I'll see you tomorrow. 15 minutes and it's like, well, are you going to be done in 15 minutes or uh, <laughs> I can transfer you to uh, Kevin. He just got here. You and you know, sure shit, they ain't going to pay overtime. Right? Yeah. That, listen, I got to get home. Well, hopefully I'll wage. see you tomorrow. The minimum wage job, yeah. bro. Uh, can I put a pin in this and call you tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. That got dark. <laughs> but that's comedy. <laughs> Mark Norman now. Uh, that's comedy. comedy. Uh, but hey. but um but yeah, you know, and it's just it's insane that like just data for everything is just so well, I mean, just, if you, it's so if, exp- like such a valuable commodity. If you raise a tax on alcohol and cigarettes, two things you honestly really don't need. That's not a requirement to keep living. Um, but you get addicted to those types of things. 
if you put a tax on those, you'll see how people will keep paying for something that they know that's killing them in a sense and a small scale thing. I mean, the rise and increase in pricing and everything, people are paying more because they have to. It's not the same exact thing. I mean, in a sense that you need food to survive. That's a requirement. You know, you, a lot of people can't hunt or get their own food or make their own food or be a farmer. Um, I just, I look at this a little bit differently because I'm starting to see how people will pay so much money just to be able to survive, but people will also pay so much money to be miserable in a sense. How many people subscribe to a newsletter that they agree with that just comes across doom articles 24 seven and they feel like they're being informed. It's not being informed. You're being scared in a sense. I hate fucking Newsweek. I hate fucking New York post. I hate Washington post. I hate every single one of them because they all just have a flip flop fucking view. It's like nobody ever tells you their wrong stuff. They only tell you all the right stuff they do. What about the retractions? Make that a fucking headline. Yeah. Make, make that a mandate. How about if you <laughs> you want to you want to talk about mandates, somebody gets something wrong legally, you have to admit that you got it wrong because we ain't getting that. Truth. Yeah, me and Dan, sell. we try to do a thing that if we get something wrong on the show, we call it sloppy seconds. And then we go back and like talk about it just to make sure we button it up and show ourselves up because credibility is important. And that's one of the biggest issues that we have in the country right now is credibility when it comes to our media because of that exact thing we were just talking about. They get things wrong. Is it intentional or not? No, but they don't make it a point to like get your attention about it as much as they do with the original article. Because like we were just talking about an article on the show just recently and it pisses you off. It was like from uh, the, the Salt Lake Tribune. It's that one, it was like, Omicron is Omicron as deadly as the other ones or is maybe not so mild. And then in the beginning of the article, like it opens up with no mommy, it hurts, please. No mommy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then it's like, those were the last words of young Johnson, a little young Johnny Vanell or whatever. And uh, it goes on. And it talks on and, yeah. Yeah. Like, like those were, and then it was like before he went on a ventilator. And then you find out later the kid's actually doing better. He survived. I followed his GoFundMe just to see how he was doing. And the kid's fine. But the article would make would make you think he died from COVID. But the article, yeah, it makes you think he died. And then it's talking about how bad the Omicron variant is. But then, like, halfway through the article, you see the tone shift. And all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, but a lot of them are here with COVID, not for COVID. And then it talks about like the statistics of like it's 89 times more likely if you're not vaccinated to be in the hospital. And it's like, well, you're a 1% chance of going to the hospital before and then you're 1.89% chance going to the hospital after. And it's uh, like, uh, I, I just, picture, you know what I mean? I know. I just picture someone typing up the article and Jimmy didn't know that tomorrow was going to be the day that he was going to get a new bike. And, but that bike was going to have no tires, but then <laughs> yeah. someone was going to bring him tires. You're like, Holy fucking shit. But he had to <laughs> pump them up himself. It's like ping pong. You're just watching it. <laughs> yeah. Like what? who's going to win. Dude, I don't know. I was so angry with the article because when I'm first starting to read it, you know, like my kid at five months old had COVID and it's like, I was going through that. We had to get him a nebulizer and do all this stuff. You know, I must have had to go to ER more than once. And I'm sitting there going, oh, my God. And then I finally get to the point where I'm, when I'm reading it, and I'm like, oh, this motherfucker. Like, like, like she was writing it like it was like a novel. Like, it wasn't a objective article to bring you information. It was to fear monger and trigger your emotions and make it all wild. 
I would like to see a news network, like a number network that just points out all the doom scrolling and all the fear mongering that goes on. Like the fact that I feel like now at this point, as much as everyone's kind of talked about it and knows about it, and there's still people that like love it. There's just people that are honestly getting off on it in a sense. Like it's a dominatrix aspect of things too, because I'm seeing stuff where I, one of the people that I've, me and you have talked about multiple times was constantly retweeting and assuming that, oh, it must be child is why the hospitalizations are up. They got their account gone. It's it's banned off Twitter. And I'm like, that person was saying that everybody that was going against him was spreading misinformation. Now that person, the whole narrative flipped and then now they're banned and now they were spreading misinformation. You start to see like the weird shift where it's like, I don't, it's so hard because when you see someone say something, you feel like you need to make a statement about this or comment or do something. There's just that edgy piece of shit in all of us that wants to comment something or make a public, like I did not do that. Honestly, it's just best to like, walk outside, smoke a cigarette and fucking go back inside and be like, oh, it doesn't matter anymore. I'm fucking high off nicotine right now. Yeah, just right, catch, ahead, your, catch yourself. I do it all the time. Like I see something that just makes me mad and I'm like, I gotta say, and then I'll, like, I'll actually start typing a, a response and I'll be like, and I'll just be like, nope. <laughs> Erase that. Exit Twitter. Go, as Robbie said, except I like to smoke cigar. Go have a cigar. And see if you still want to say that thing when you're done with the cigar. And I love smoking sticks. Of the time, never. Don't fucking judge me because I'm smoking a cigarette outside to calm down. Um, no, Dan's just a huge stick guy. He likes I did a, like a cigars. I did a 9-11 episode because that was number 9-11. So I was like, you got to do an episode. I had Corey on for that. And the person literally goes, you two don't know what the hell you're talking about. All, you didn't even talk about this or the fact that they shot the plane down. And I'm like, how far did you make it in the fucking episode? It's a five and a half hour episode and there's four fucking people in it. And then he's commenting <laughs> again, like still not even talking about the Dick Cheney thing. I'm like, oh, the Dick Cheney biography we talked about giving the order to shoot down the planes. And then I never heard a response back. I'm like, people don't even go make it five fucking minutes in. They just go, fuck it. I'm triggered. And they start typing. I'm like, wait, motherfucker. Like, watch the full thing. Make a full assessment. I want to see your review like a teacher that reads my paper. I want to see your whole fucking breakdown of my psychology to understand that my fucking parents don't love me and all this type of shit. That's what my teachers would write in my fucking reports. (laughs) Should we we give him one better, Corey, about the uh, couple episodes ago with the comment that we got live as I was speaking. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. What did he say? We're doing an oh, episode said- a couple weeks ago and I am Robbie. I shit you not. I am literally shitting on Joe Biden at this point <laughs> and I'll shit on Joe Biden. Oh, I'll shit on Donald Trump. I was oh, a little bit, but I'm <laughs> shitting on Joe <laughs> Biden banters. as we're getting a comment that says, I listen to libtards every day. <laughs> I'm shitting on Joe Biden and getting called a libtard at the same time. What world do we live in right now? <laughs> <laughs> fuck you can't make it up half yeah. of the people in the safari jungle don't even know they're in the fucking safari jungle if anybody gets that fucking reference jesus like it seems like the left is there's an inner left and then there's an inner right like it's i know this far left and then there's left and then there's like but i'm like dude no there's like inner workings within that shit and i'm just sitting back like i feel like they're both like doing backdoor shady handshake deals and shit because nobody's calling anybody out for insider trading like nobody's like everyone's doing it. So everyone's got like this. We're not going to ever talk about this and make sure nobody ever knows about this. We talked about it. We brought that up on the show. I know, but I want to see trading. someone on fucking Capitol Hill steps being like insider trading. Everybody's in the office and they're fucking doing it. Actually, I just bought Bitcoin. Right. 
Now instead they just blame each other. Like, ah, well, I might have. But they over there, they did it way more than me. Or some tiny shit coin that some that some senator or, or congressperson just bought, and all of a sudden it shoots through the roof. I can't imagine how that happened or why. They're at some fucking Olive Garden talking about, all right, guys, one thing that's off the table is we can talk about each other's families, but let's take insider tr- trading off each other off, off the fucking table. Like nobody talk about that because yeah. we all don't want to lose our money. You can call my daughter a whore all you want, but goddamn it, do not talk about my trading. <laughs> and then I'll endorse you in the 2016 election. <laughs> That actually happened, didn't somebody? Yeah. Back in no, the day, Ted Cruz, somebody, uh, Ted somebody Cruz. called uh, Bristol Palin a whore, right? Back when uh, uh, McCain was running. Oh, I don't know. I just he know like that, had a baby uh, out of wedlock or something crazy. I know that D- Donald Trump said that Ted Gr- Ted Cruz was like <laughs> the Zodiac killer, and his wife was ugly. <laughs> I remember the Zodiac still, killer one, and that he still was on the phone doing phone uh, phone calls for Trump when Trump was running for president. So, talk. <laughs> is, so to kind of get into like a positive note what do you think what do you think like a good couple steps would be like at least from what you guys have kind of looked at do you think it's just going to keep being a media shit spiral until people get sick of it or do you think eventually people are just going to want to tune out like i feel like this disconnect a lot of people are doing from social media at times there's still a large I feel like eventually it's going to get to the point where it's like being in quicksand. Eventually people, you're not going to be able to say a single word if you don't agree with that narrative. So people are just going to either move to a different platform or they're just going to take off social media in general. I mean, I'm probably only on Twitter now, but I don't really, I post once on Instagram a day and that's it. I don't really care to like people's posts. Don't feel like I need to. If you have my number, you can message me or if you can DM me, I'll answer you back. But I don't feel the need or requirement like I used to, to like everybody's posts just to get likes. Well, I think there's a, I think there's a lot of positivity, like even just the fact that we're on your show right now having this conversation. Um, as somebody who drives a lot for work, I listen to a shitload of podcasts and I listen to uh, I listen to them from all over the place. And you see people that, you know, would consider themselves to be liberals having regular nuanced conversations, right? Still having their opinions, still being left leaning, but having real, real conversations. Same thing with people. On the right, I think what we where we where we often get lost is the bifurcation of the polls and just this these like ten out of a million people screaming from each side about why the other side's bad. But there's so many quiet people in the middle that are afraid to say that quiet part out loud. But I think we're seeing more of that with you know uh, with hopefully with our show, but with actual news shows like Crystal and Zager's show, like Barry Weiss's show that just, and obviously also Joe Rogan's show, like these, these conversations are being had. They're, they're just, they're being so silenced by the mainstream that I don't think people really realize how often they're actually being had. And I don't know if I'm being too optimistic, but that's just what I see personally, anecdotally. Well, you would have a board meeting where you would think that you wouldn't just invite everybody that agrees with you. You would invite people that would think differently than you so that you have that other side and that other perspective that enhances your knowledge even more. Um, Real quick, what do you think my political side is? I would call you, I just met you, but I would call you if I had to label you, I'd call you center left. Like, that's what I would call you. I'm like NASCAR, always going left. Wait, I thought of a better <laughs> joke. Hang on. I'm like my dick. I always go left. No, hang on. <laughs> I'm kidding. Now, I'm probably libertarian. And and I mean, but I honestly, I see everybody's thing. I just, I don't give that much of it. Like, I'll get mad about like the people and all that. 
But um, I just with all the political shit, I honestly think everybody's evil unless some person tells me like Mr. Rogers, for instance, I think is evil because I, I feel like he's hiding some dark shit that nobody wants to talk about. And I'm the only one interested in fucking looking for it. I'm just like, I don't know. Have you I found don't... anything. No, I, I still have the theory he might be a cross-dresser, which isn't bad, but back then, that you could never say that. you get <laughs> shot. Well, I'm kind of with you, too. Like, I, I, I think everybody's evil, but I also have, I also have my leanings, right? Like, I've, I've always been a liberal person. I've always been, you know, uh, free speech and rights, and government is a necessary evil. Um, but what I don't fall into is... I don't fall into, I'm not going to be the liberal that I'm told I'm supposed to be by the blue checkmark brigade on Twitter. Like I know what I am. I know the definition of the word and those, that those, those are the, the opinions that I'm, that I'm always going to have. But as Corey and I have done our show and as I've talked to more people both on the right, cause I used to be a guy that was so far to the left. Like if, if I hadn't gotten on the right path, I would be one of those blue checkmark people calling people murderers for not getting vaccinated. Like that's how far left I was kind of during the Obama years. But I guess really, I kind of grew up. Do they really feel that though? Or are they just saying that so they get likes? That's the thing is like, I see you, so many people right. yeah. making, I saw so many people just hashtagging Joe Rogan for their show. I saw so many people hashtagging during this trending thing with Joe Rogan, just anything a funny joke just to get likes on their shit because people aren't going to read it they see the hashtag and they just want to like everything about it and then they realize what they just read is not anything they agree with and they unlike it like that's even weirder <laughs> it's totally weird i i believe in political pluralism and i think that i think cory does too and that's why we do it that's why we do the show like is it, political is it not pluralism. A hat on a hat it's a hat on a hat <laughs> <laughs> it's a hat on a hat that's too political many pluralism it's like nobody wanted to be the fucking hat in Monopoly. Now everybody wants to be the fucking hat. I want to be the didn't fucking they, Didn't thimble. they retire thimble. one of them? Yeah, wasn't one of them racist? Wow. Wasn't there a racist? Was I don't the, know. Was it the iron? I feel like the iron was racist. Oh, yeah, feminism. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably the iron. I'll look it up. The whole got, fucking move or a whole fucking game is about making moves to make your family fucking broke. <laughs> That's exactly. I hate that game so much. Oh, I love it. I get so nasty. But uh, we're at the last 10 minutes here, so I didn't know if you guys had any other things you want to hit or what. Yeah, no, maybe. Corey, you look like I mean, you're about to, to you. pass the fuck out. Oh, no, that was I'm a good. big mimosa. How much did you take down of it? You were doing bird sips the whole time. <laughs> I'm right here. Okay, I just keep I adding the beer. Oh, you put But uh, yeah, well, no, it's a beer mosa. <clears throat> Not a mimosa. You ever had beer and orange juice? No, it sounds terrible. Like brushing your teeth what? and having a glass of orange juice. What kind oh, no. of beer? I guess would be the question. Uh, this is Budweiser. <laughs> I had some of my I had some of my rowdy friends over yesterday who we just drink cheap beer and listen to this old country music on the record player. So that's what we were doing last night, listening to some Merle Haggard and do you guys want to read off some sponsors with me? You guys can do my sponsors. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. If you like making shady backdoor deals and you need a website, try Squarespace, where insider trading is allowed. You can also sell bags of drugs. Um, <laughs> what about uh, anybody want to do? Uh, I think we got I one. I got one. Okay. Uh, are you sick and tired of these damn liberals burning <laughs> your flags? Well, new brought to you flame retardant flags that aren't able to be caught on fire. These flags won't let <laughs> these flags... Won't let any liberal burn your 
unquestioned patriotism for this country. There, there's a, dry clean only <clears throat> because these colors do run. There's a, oh, that's a good one. There's um, <laughs> there's a documentary coming out. Um, I saw on the History Channel. It's like crossing the line, and it's a KKK documentary. And they did a reenactment because they didn't have colored video back then. That's how I know it's a reenactment. But there's people burning a cross and dressed in white hoods. I'm like, I would hate to be the actor that like comes to Hollywood with big fucking dreams of like being on TV with Leonardo DiCaprio. And you get hired for a KKK flick for your like, you can't put that on your resume. You well, can't. John Goodman did. You ever see uh, the movie? Um... Brother, where art thou? Yeah. Oh, brother, where art thou? Yeah. Yeah, but I feel like he Jack was already Goodman. established. These are people yeah, he that was. are coming it to It wasn't Hollywood. like the first thing he did. Was, <laughs> Everyone's like, already, hey, you're the KKK guy. Come be this friendly family man, dad. Already Dan Connor. <laughs> <laughs> and Roseanne was canceled shortly thereafter. Oh, yeah, yeah, that she, she needed. Ambien! She's, she was going nuts, dude. If you ever hear her interviews, it's kind of like Britney Spears. Like, I'm happy that like she's out and she's got like rights and stuff. But did you notice all the insane shit she started doing once she got out? Yeah, good for her though. Free, like, free, free, independent citizen with a shit ton of money. She can do whatever the hell she wants. I know, but there's definitely like, please go to therapy. Figure it out. Like when, when she <laughs> sort in, yourself out there, but she was in front on Christmas in front of her Christmas tree. Like, hey guys, this is my Christmas tree. And then it was like awkward silence and a dead, crazy stare into the camera. And I was like, okay. Then she took her clothes off again because she did that a couple times, didn't she? I know what's going. She on? She still looks fantastic though. Can we say that? Are we allowed to say that? She is still. Didn't a very she shave woman. her head back in the day? She yeah, did. that's what she was going through. That was when she was going through it. Yeah, shortly after the beaver shot. Yeah, that was that was what she did. Man. But uh, I mean, imagine being in a conservatorship for everything and not even be able to post anything on 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 uh, social media. Like when it was blowing up to now, like she kind of can. Like, do you remember like when social media was like first around and we were all just like, oh, going to McDonald's because we didn't know what else to fucking say. No, the, so, the, like, old, the old Facebook is like you had to put is. Corey is going to McDonald's. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. That's way back in the day. <laughs> well, it's even like, um, <coughs> yeah, get it out. Get it out. All right. Yeah. Um, but go. it's even like a, with, I, damn it, I forgot my thing. I was going to say something really, really like Son important. Son of a bitch. Son of a Wasn't that important? Bitch. Well, no. How many, like for Trump, for instance, like when Trump said that he was pro vaccines and all this stuff, how many people were like, well, fuck, I don't want to be a Trumper. Then now they switched their narrative. Britney yeah. Spears, Both everyone Biden and Harris. Well, she yeah. built fans because she didn't have social media. So no one saw the crazy. So they're all like, we support Britney. Now she's out and she's on social media. How many people are like, fuck, I don't know if I want to fucking keep following her. She might be insane. Oh, so, real quick, because I see we only have about five minutes left. Um, so March 1st is the State of the Union address. That's a Tuesday at nine o'clock. A Tuesday at nine? Yeah. I'll try and stay up. Because, uh, yeah, so I mean, I guess we could announce it here then, right? I guess. We're going to do that collab. Yeah. I'll, Collaboration. I'll Nick, commentate with you guys if you want. Yeah, commentate on the State of the Union address to see if Biden says anything dumb. Should we keep like well, that's couch? going to happen. That's not an if. That's a when. Right. Yeah, yeah. So we'll do an out-of-the-blank assertive collaboration. We'll live stream it. Okay. Sounds sounds interesting. We got to record it too, though, so I can have it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah, and we we'll – yeah. Okay. yeah, we'll podcast it, and I'll definitely give you the raw files and stuff. Well, Dan, I still got to get you on my show as well too, separately, uh, where we can just talk for as long as we want. And now you got a different side of me usually that I open up during the chat. Um, but where can we find Libservative, huh? So Libservative is uh, at Libservative Pod on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Libservative on Facebook. You can hear us on all the streaming platforms or even on like Facebook and stuff. 
And uh, you can reach us out directly at libservedapod at gmail.com. And you can also catch our blog at libservedapod.wordpress.com. Uh, yeah, come hang out. Basically, it's kind of like this. We just bullshit about politics and call it balls and strikes. You got anything to add, Dan? No, you nailed it. I, I do I do have a quick ad, if you don't mind. Yeah, add it. This one, this one I've been trying out on Corey. It's uh, Big Pharma's Preschool Guide to COVID-19. With fun interactive videos like Stay the Hell Away from Grandma and Hugs Kill People. It's <laughs> two yeah. low payments of $69.95 and two Pfizer vaccines. Your t- <laughs> I can't even do it. <laughs> Your top will be on their way to becoming the terrified agoraphobe you've wanted since February of 2020. Taking their first steps towards becoming a murderer or a host of The View. Brought to you by Pfizer. That was fucking great. That was way better. Um, I got to start crafting them out for like, I, I think I've brought up Pepto-Bismol in the past and I've brought up a bunch of them, but I've, I've led right into them where you're like, we're talking about like, uh, that's, uh, that's going to lead us down a whole like, oh, Hold on. Yeah. I have to do a, a, uh, an advertisement real quick. Um, Portable but- safe spaces. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you guys for doing the show and thanks everybody for listening to this episode of out of the blank. Stay tuned for next episode.